0: Hey, welcome back everybody. Hey, welcome back everybody. It's time to meet the Hispanic business community here in Orange County. As we meet our community, powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio. Streaming live from our studios here at the University of California Irvine's Beal Applied Innovation Center, with our special host—the host who knows the most people in town—Ruben Franco. Hey, Ruben. Hey, Paul.
1: Hey, thanks, and thanks everybody for being on today and listening today, and uh, for our community, is your community. We created this podcast just to bring our community to everybody in our community, and to uh, just be able to. Uh, have discussions with some of our great leaders here in our community. And today we have a fantastic person and leader here in our community. He's the co-founder of and board chair of the interim director as well of the Dragon Kim Foundation. He's a community activist. He's a philanthropist. He's a storyteller. He's a teacher. He's an investment banker and a private equity investor and strategist. We have We're honored to have Daniel Kim on our podcast today. Daniel, welcome.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm honored to be here.
1: Thanks, and we always like to start our podcast by just asking our guests. Tell us a little bit about yourself personally, your family
2: background. Sure. Again, uh, Daniel Kim. I, uh, I guess I'm Korean American. Uh, um, I was born in Korea, and you know, left when I was four years old. So I don't remember very much of the old country. I I see myself very much as uh, as uh, as an American growing up here. I'm a son of a pastor. And so I had that history, all the good stuff, yeah. and uh, some of you know the troubled youth as well, sure. kind of rebelling. I went to UCLA, studied philosophy and political science, and then uh, did my graduate work at Harvard. And uh, that's how I kind of ended up uh, on Wall Street in New York. My career was as an investment banker. That's what I was trained in. I had a great time doing that. I, I loved being an investment banker. And I still continue on consulting role and sometimes in an advisory role, depending on situations. I do less of that now. I ran a, um, a private equity fund, a small private equity fund. Uh, and again, I, I still, uh, what I focused on there was turnaround situations. And then all of a sudden, eight years ago, my life took a big turn. My family, we were, we were camping up in Yosemite and you know, due to uh, a tragic accident, we lost our son, Dragon, in the middle of the night while he was sleeping, he and a very close friend of his, uh, and then, you know, and, and what sounded like a big gigantic explosion really ended up being a big explosion in, in our lives. So, and for the last eight years since then, we, you know, uh, Dragon's mom and I started the Dragon Kim Foundation, obviously <laughs> named after right. our son. Yeah. And that's what we've been focusing on. That's what I've been focusing on. It gave both of us new direction, new inspiration, new purpose in life. I still do a lot of the investment banking advisory stuff and, and, and advisory work. But my real passion is with working with uh, the youth in the community. So that's, I guess, a, a quick overview of sure. yeah, my well, background.
1: Well, you know... Uh- for those those of us who didn't get to know Dragon, hmm. uh, I know he went to OSHA. Tell us about your son. I mean, obviously, this is a passion of yours, and you're doing this to honor him. Uh, tell us a little about about Dragon and what he was like and all the great things that he was accomplishing as a young man.
2: Hmm. Dragon was a couple months shy of his 15th birthday. You know, every time I think about it, obviously, and it, it hits me, all I want to do is cry. Sure. And many times I I will still go to sleep crying and waking up thinking and hoping that it's just a bad dream and realizing that it's not. What I miss most about Dragon is uh, he was an incredible young man. And to me, I will use the present tense. He is an incredible young man. He was a great student academically. And I feel like he had it all. He uh, was an athlete loved playing water polo and lacrosse. And quite frankly, those are the sports that I played and so I kind of pushed him into okay. it. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: Not a lot out here normally, but and water polo is a tough, tough uh, sport.
2: Well, yeah. there, there's, a, there's a lot of kids playing and, and, and certainly lacrosse is growing. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, but he loved music. He really loved music. And uh, I, I remember as a kid, as a you know, essentially a poor pastor's kid, we didn't have much, but we had a piano in the house. Mm. And my mom and dad, it felt like I was forced to play the piano. And as much as I hated it in the beginning, I I look back and I realize it gave me so much in terms of my ability to concentrate, learn how to fail, meaning hitting all the wrong notes right. and trying again and trying again. And then, you know, starting to fall in love with it when I realized I actually could do it. and you know, I got really fat finger sausages, you know, or Mm. fat sausages for fingers. So I'm, you know, I'm never going to be a great pianist, but I I played for 10 years. And so I wanted to give that to my kids, you know, that ability to learn another language as music is. And so, yeah, Dragon took to it. He loved music. And when he got the chance, he ended up going to OSHA to be a student there. Uh, And it wasn't a choice that I necessarily would have made myself, but he did. And it, turned out great for him he was also a good-looking kid right and he had this whole second life that I didn't even really realize you know I, I think as a parent you know you see your kids at home certainly saw a dragon at home uh, he was not incredibly talkative but he was talkative mm-hmm. um, but there was parts of his life that I didn't really know until unfortunately after he he passed away uh, at the f- at the funeral, you know, all of a sudden all these girls kind of came out of the woodwork. Yeah. You know, girls that uh, he'd been talking to and that liked him, that he'd been friends with. Um, he, he was a poet, right? Seeing all these poems that he'd written on his laptop, uh, both for school assignment as well as um, on his own. And one of the things is, uh, you know, he went to um, Johns Hopkins for the summer, that, that summer. Yeah. And he was really intellectually coming into his own, starting to ask curious questions. And he was starting to kind of debate me on on topics and issues. And I was like, wow, that's fantastic. So I was really looking forward to all of that continuing. And then all of a sudden, boom, we lost him. So,
1: I mean, you know, obviously the pain in losing somebody like him um, is just, you know, you can't even describe it. But you were uh, willing, and your wife were willing to take the next step in honoring him by creating the Dragon Kim Foundation. Tell us about, you know, what that work is like, and what it what you do there, and you know, and and, and you know why you started. I mean, obviously, we kind of know why you started, but just tell us a bit more about that.
2: Sure. Again, it's it's new direction, new purpose in life for myself, for Dragon's mom. We get to work with amazing high school students that have a heart for going into the community and doing some good, creating some change. And the way all of this came about really was kind of by accident. When Dragon was in the ninth grade, he came to uh, myself and and Grace, and he asked asked us, hey, I want to create a music program, you know? and and I, I don't know how to do it and uh, his whole idea was in and around OSHA there are a whole bunch of kids in the community that wouldn't get the kind of enrichment certainly in music that uh, a lot of the kids who were students in OSHA had already received and so uh, he wanted to give back and so he his idea was was to create that free music program that he and his friends would volunteer raise money and get used musical instruments because that was a big cost burden uh and that uh, they would help teach right so when he came to us with that idea you know i said great that sounds awesome but you know i don't know how to work with him to do that so i worked with him the way i do uh, i did with um, the companies that i used to work with in the sure. private equity yeah. you know working with the management team they're the subject matter experts. I'm not, I can take a high level view and I can take a strategy view and I can hold them accountable, right. And help put together a plan. But they're the ones who have to kind of lead that, that whole effort. So I just worked with dragon the way I did with all these executives, you know, what is your objective? What are the clear metrics that uh, define success? What are the resources, resources that you need? Um, Who are the people that you need to get involved? Where do you need to get permission, right? Effectively telling him, go put together a business plan. And he did that. He came back and the business plan was pretty rudimentary, but it was a business plan. I said, great, now go do it. And Grace and I could have obviously done it for him, but he doesn't learn, right? And so we told him to go do it and he pitched Taron Schaefer over at uh, OSHA and and they loved the idea, so they took it to, you know, uh, uh, the, the head of the school, and so they loved it, and they wanted to move forward with it. Unfortunately, two weeks before school started, you know, we lost Dragon. Yeah. So the foundation, we created it to fund that music program. You know, a really close friend of mine, uh, uh, Tom Priori, said to me, you know, he said, um, you're going to have the rest of your life to mourn Dragon. Yeah to grieve him, figure a way to honor him today. And so that was really the the impetus for us to think, you know what, we can create a foundation, let's fund this music program, let's keep the spirit alive. And when we started, we started with 15 kids with a whole bunch of music yeah. instruments and some like 20 volunteer high school kids in the instrumental music program, All right. So those kids, initial kids got a of attention and a ton of time and it was incredibly successful you know this was a case of uh, be careful what you wish for sure because all of a sudden 15 went from 15 to to 60 and then 75 then 100 today that program has over 250 kids in the program here in Santa Ana as well as up in Duarte but then you know in those initial years after we started the music program Grace and I looked at ourselves and we said you know what this is incredible this is We're very proud of what we're doing. However, how do we make this more sustainable? How do we really differentiate this from all the other youth programs out there? Certainly uh, uh, from the music programs. And then we we thought, you know what? What we did for Dragon in helping him bring his idea to life, and we didn't do it for him. We kind of coached him and guided him. We thought, let's do that for other high school students. Other high school students have incredible ideas, right? And a lot, lot of the community, a lot of the world thinks of high school students as, you know, no money, no, no connections, no experience, right? How can you take an idea and make it come to life? Ah, so they discount them. But when we looked at it, had we done that to Dragon, he would never have come with this idea. True. So we said, what they do have, you know, in lieu of the money, the, the lack of connections and the lack of experience, they have that creativity because they see problems in the community. They experience it, they live it, right? They're creative about how to address some of these issues. And most of all, they have a lot of passion. Yeah. But what they don't have is the opportunity. So money, connections, all that, we thought those are solvable. We can bring together our friends, we can twist their arms a little bit, you know, and believe me, in the early days, if you're a friend of, of ours, you got your arm twisted for money and time. Yeah. And, and fortunately, they all were more than happy to give it, right? But we were able to bring, bring together what we call the fellowship program. And that's, you know, it doesn't have to be about music. It could be about engineering, about uh, science, STEM, uh, coding, uh, could be about bringing awareness to issues, all sorts of different things. It's ideas that the kids come up with. They dream up as ways to help create change and contribute to their communities. And um, yeah, so the program now is 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 all about that. it's It's uh, providing intensive leadership training business training. We call that an MBA in a box, Okay, you know, stuff that I didn't even really learn until I was probably late twenties, early thirties. right? And we hook them up with a mentor that they work with for the entirety of the the six month program. And we fund them up to $5,000. So they have to put together a plan and they, they put together a budget that they submit. And once the budget is approved, we start funding that up to $5,000. So it's high school students with a mentor who holds them accountable, who uh, is their advisor. But it's their idea, they're the leaders. It's their inspiration. And they get to take this idea, to plan it out, and they get to make it come to life. And we get to be there to help them, support them, and witness what happens. And in the entirety of the program, when these kids go out, and they make an impact in their community, it is incredibly touching, right? And, and these kids come from all over the place, you know, whether it's less economically advantaged communities or families to kids, some kids who do come from private schools, yeah. right? It's a very, very diverse group of kids, uh, but they all come together. They create this team in the cohort, and they all realize, you know what? We're all so different, but we're all the same
1: that's right yeah that's right hey if you're just joining us uh we're uh, pleased to have as our guest today mr daniel kim from the dragon kim foundation um you have an upcoming event coming up i think on september 9th you want to tell us a little bit about what that event is like and what
2: uh, what you do sure so you know if you can imagine this whole kind of six sometimes seven month program uh, the kids get trained and then in the summer, they go execute their projects, make that impact, create that change in the community. And then at the end of the summer, they come back with a big celebration in their graduation. We just had graduation for California. Yeah. This next week, or this particular weekend, we're gonna have graduation out in Nevada for the Nevada and Arizona cohort. Out of that, it's kind of like a, a cross between Shark Tank and a TED Talk. Okay each one of the project teams, and we funded 47 projects this year, all right? So you sit through all the presentations, which by the way, they're amazing. And the kids are talking about, here's the project we did, here's what we learned, here's the impact that we made in the community. Here's some of the hurdles that we faced and how we dealt with it. And this is what we learned about ourselves. And this is what we would do to make it sustainable going forward. So those those are the high level topics. But then out of that, we 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 score them, and a panel of judges will, will pick. Well, they pick three uh, three projects from California, and they will pick uh, some projects from the Arizona Nevada cohort, and all together, then they will go on to what we call the Dragon Challenge on September 9th, and that'll be at the Margaret Webb Theater uh, at OSHA in Santa Ana, and that is really Shark Tank. Yeah, a distinguished panel of judges, uh, which you uh, we are honored to have you as a judge right
1: thanks for uh, asking
2: me we will uh, we'll be one of the uh, the judges to to evaluate to listen to give advice, but also take inspiration from these these uh, projects and the winner will receive an additional five thousand dollars to carry on their project
1: oh that's great that's fantastic news let's just talk about a little bit about your days in wall street i don't know if you have any uh compelling stories to tell about it. I mean, obviously, the economy has been challenging since COVID. And, uh, you know, maybe you can just tell us a little bit where you see the uh, landscape uh, with investments and uh, private equity and investment banking and from your vast experience in this.
2: Wow. I didn't expect that question. <laughs> From a macro standpoint, I, I think there are certainly a lot of challenges in, in our economy uh, in certainly the US but also globally yeah. um, as you know, how it really translates to to us and and what we're looking for or or what the prospects are uh, for these next um, you know year, two years, three years. Uh, it, it's difficult to say sometimes when you have the problem so glaring, the market investor community tends to um, self-correct, if you will. Yeah, you know, and I and I recall back in uh, 2008 with the real estate crisis. One of the things that people were so afraid of, I mean, what what everybody saw was the mortgage meltdown, the residential mortgage yeah. meltdown, which was due to the over-leveraging through the securitization, the asset back securitization market and that was starting to unravel. What was not really prevalent in the public view, if you if you will, was the same thing that happened with commercial real estate, Yes. right? Yeah. So, and if you recall back in uh, the early 90s, we had the RTC crisis. Mm-hmm. The, the, and yeah. that, that was all commercial real estate yeah. related, right? Some people took advantage of that and was able to make a ton of money, uh, and there was this huge shift Right? There was a complete repricing of all the commercial real estate. And people were afraid the deleveraging of the commercial real estate market uh, in, after 08, in 09, and even in 2010 was going to be the devastation. And the market essentially kind of self corrected. Yes, it did, yeah. And so we didn't see the crisis in the commercial real estate market. That we that everybody thought was going to come. Uh, we certainly saw it on the residential side well you know and, and now you know post what 15 years the market has certainly recovered and it's done much better even without the expansion of the uh, the asset backed market which is a mechanism in the capital markets that helps uh, fuel yeah. a lot of the mortgages. So you know all, all that being said, I have no clue what's going to happen, right? There's are certainly areas that I, would, I look at, but the market really does a good job of an efficient way of self-correcting in certain areas. Not all. Yeah. Certain areas definitely will get devastated. Uh, this time around, you have high interest rates. You know, everybody's kind of freaking out about that. I look at the big, big scheme of, of um, things in terms of where interest rates are right now. You know, in in the larger scheme, it's actually not so bad, and companies and the economy here in the U.S. I think does a really good job of adjusting, right? You know, it, it may have been two and a half percent mortgages, yeah, and now we're looking at what probably six and a half. But the market will adjust, companies will adjust to higher interest rates, lower interest rates, higher costs, you know, whether it's um, materials, supplies. Uh, or whether it 's labor, right, but they will adjust and and I think that 's what you're you 're seeing here it 's not comfortable for everybody, but there's certainly opportunities. One of the areas that we 're really looking forward to or that i 'm really looking forward to is actually innovation in technology, uh, uh, specifically environmental technology mm-hmm. right oh. I, I think there's a whole vast amount of resources that are devoted there. It's drawing in entrepreneurs, innovators, scientists, engineers, um, business people, problem solvers, trying to address some of the big major issues. And that's where I would look to invest.
1: Yeah. Some of that, some of that work's being happened right here in our building. It's a, oh, absolutely. The Elevation Center. So it's yep. UCI. So it's pretty, uh, Pretty amazing that you that you say that. It's, yeah, it's, it's interesting discussion, too, just on where office space goes. Obviously, there's some challenges with people coming back to work and working out of an office or working from home and what that's going to do to the market. So that asset class is definitely has its challenges compared to others. And so there's – I mean, that's a whole – that would be a long discussion on all, all that kind of stuff. But
2: Absolutely. We
1: do appreciate your insight. What, what do you think, you know, you learned from being – an investment banker or a private equity that's helping you with what you're doing now with these kids? I mean, what, what, are, your, what are you able to kind of bring to the table to them that you learned there on Wall Street?
2: I, I think it, what I employ almost every day is a sense of um, trying to understand things from a not a 35,000-foot level, but a kind of 10,000-foot level of strategy right, Uh, and tactical execution. So, again, as I said earlier, I approached Dragon's whole proposal for a music program, not that I was going to do it, but asking you know, being able to take that 10,000 foot view and helping him think through the strategy piece of it. And so, and and that's one of the things I I did a lot of, both as, um, you know, as uh, the corporate finance, uh, uh, investment banker
1: yeah.
2: or quite frankly, I also had a long career as a as a bond trader on the mm. capital market side, so being able to look at that, assess it, make decisions, and implement it, or put a strategy together so it's the strategy piece, and then my work as a private equity person going down to say the five thousand foot level mm. right and going in, analyzing companies, understanding management teams, understanding business objectives, understanding the strategic financing piece of it, right? And helping the management team work through that, right? They're in the weeds, if you will, uh, all the time. And that's quite frankly, some of the issues that create the problems too. So I can take a step back and help them see that and but my ability to go in and work with them but yet without getting caught in the weeds myself really is is the design of the program that we have for these high school students in their projects i don't want to tell them what to do they come to us with their idea they in in a sense are the subject matter experts right right and so i can sit there and uh ask them questions Challenge them, right? Without getting into a debate of right or wrong, right? I can challenge them. uh, I can ask them what other ways you can address this. Empower their creativity, their power, uh, um, their um, problem-solving skills, right? And so, you know, and that—that's quite frankly the exact way I approached private equity. Uh, So, and that—that's the way we ended up designing the curriculum.
1: Yeah, you know, a lot of times, too, when you're, when you're mentoring students, at least I've found, there's kind of a reverse mentorship that happens, right? So anything, anything that you've learned from some of your students that they taught you while you were mentoring them?
2: Yeah. I, I hate to say it, but, you know, I, too, was guilty of thinking that high school students, you know, are high school students. Right. You know, that their capacity and their ability is, was pretty limited. Right? And then in working with my own son, Dragon, and then subsequently my, my daughter, Hannah, and working with all these other kids, I realized, wow, their ideas are incredible, right? Super intuitive, creative, uh, and they have passion. A lot of it is undirected passion, sure, and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. But that was probably the biggest lesson that I learned, is that these kids actually could do it. And so out of that, one of the biggest lessons for me is be open-minded, right? There's, there's a lot that these kids, there's a lot of wisdom in these kids, if we're willing to let our own egos aside and to be willing to learn, right? And, you know, part of my job, you know, on Wall Street was to think that I knew it all, right? Having done the analysis, having put together the strategy and do, you know, putting together that, that, uh all that analysis and that somehow I was right or my team was right. And then, you know, and then to humbly realize, you know what? I wasn't, or somebody else could teach me something. Yeah. Particularly a 15, 16 year old kid. Right. And I use the word kid deliberately because that's kind of the attitude. But then you realize these 15, 16 year old leaders, young adults could actually teach me a lot.
1: That's great. Uh, we just have a few moments left. Are there any um, final words you'd like to share with our audience?
2: Well, you know, yeah, that's a great question. Orange County, this is our home. This was Dragon's home. Yeah. And uh, we loved being here. You know, I got I to gotta say this whole area, you know, before I had kids, I thought, it's like, oh, my God, how boring. And then all of a sudden, I, you know, Dragon, and I realized, oh, my God, this is the greatest place on earth. Yeah. But this is our home and this is where we want we wanna uh, to continue to live and to foster and to grow. And that we have this incredible resource of this next generation and the generation after that. And I, I think we really need to, to take care of them. And so I invite everybody in the community to really be mindful of that and to help each other empowering these kids I think one of the things that, um, you know, all of them talk about at the end of the program is, you know, um, at the beginning of the program is, I have this idea, but I don't know how to do it. And at the end of the program, they say, holy cow, I did it. And I realize I can do anything I set my mind to. And right there is a huge transformation shift. And And I want them to take that Through the rest of their lives, you know, that that courage, that vulnerability, that risk taking, right? After all, that's what creates innovation, right? And change. And it's all part of leadership. And these kids have it in abundance. And uh, you know, I don't get to, I don't get to have these talks with dragon but I get to work with these amazing kids and to be part of their transformation. And so, yeah. Thank you, Orange County. Thank you, California.
1: Thank you for being on our show and, 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 and sharing with you such an emotional and uh, beautiful uh, story about your son Dragon and all the work you're doing in the community for all these other students. Just thank you for that. And, Um, Thank you to our audience for for listening in today, and uh, do you have a website, too, you want to share with us as well?
2: Sure. Uh, Thank you. Uh, It's dragonkimfoundation.org. There's a ton of information on there. Uh, This next year, we plan to fund 60 projects across all of California, Nevada, and Arizona. And uh, if you have, uh, you know, a young adult that has a care for the community... Uh, even their idea doesn't have to be fully formed, you know, or some of it could be fully formed. It doesn't matter. As long as they have that passion uh, and and desire to help the community, we'd love to talk to them. We'd love to be able to work with them. So, yeah, come check us out, please.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for being on our show, and thank you to everybody listening. Where Our Community is Your Community, from the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Ruben. Thanks.
1: Back to you, Paul.
0: Well, there you have it. Wow. A very powerful, emotional reason to tune in each and every time so that you don't miss any of the amazing members of our community here. Our community is your community each and every week, streaming live from our studios here at the University of California, Irvine, Beal, Applied Innovation Center.